This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. I come here today to talk about how I feel, and I feel like that we are treated differently than other people, and I don't like how we're treated, and just because of our color doesn't mean anything to me. I believe that... You're doing great. You're doing, you're doing a great job. We are black people and we shouldn't have to feel like this. We shouldn't have to protest because y'all are treating us wrong. We do this because we need to and have rights. How to bring about change. That's what I want to talk about today. Welcome to Come and Talk It. Good day, Austin, Texas. Man, my heart is heavy. I think Texas' heart is heavy. I think everyone's heart is heavy right now. There's a lot going on around this nation. There's a lot going on in this state. There's a lot. People are just very upset. There's a lot happening. And I want to kind of, you know, talk about how do you bring about change? You know, I, I, I had to think about this because I, you know, had to think about how did I get to where I am today? And I had to go back and think about my mother. I was raised by a single mother. I also was raised by my grandmother. I spent the majority of time with my grandmother, especially during the summertime, in the evenings. You know, I spent that time with her. And that was because my grandmother was blind in one eye. She was partially blind in another eye and mostly deaf. My grandmother had two hearing aids that she wore. Uh, to give her hearing. And so I want to talk to you today about how to bring about change. My grandmother first became blind in one eye because when she was a little girl, some kids threw a rock in one eye and it totally blinded. Then later on in life, she married and my grandfather, her husband, beat her and that's how she lost the partial sight in her other eye and most of her hearing because 
of the beatings that she received. I want to talk to you today about how to bring about change. So my grandmother could not see at night. She was the type of woman that she would, she called me twice a day. Even when I was an adult, I was in the military, deployed. My grandmother called me every morning so I can say my prayers and every single night until the day she died. I want to talk to you guys about how to bring about change. My grandmother had me go with her everywhere when I was a little kid. I was her, like her seeing eye dog. When we traveled at night, she couldn't see, so I had to have her step up, step down, you know, watch her step. We took public transportation. When I was a little kid, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. It was my grandmother, my mother, my sister, two cousins, and an aunt. And we lived in a one-bedroom apartment in the ghetto of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I want to talk to you guys about how to bring about change. My grandmother worked tirelessly for rich families cleaning their homes so that I can have a better life. My grandmother decided one day that she wanted to actually finish her, college, for her high school education, get her GED, which she did. And then she decided in the age of being a grandmother, she wanted to go back to college to get a college degree. My grandmother one day was traveling from a college library, sitting at a bus stop waiting for a bus to come. And the guy came along, decided that he was going to mug her, rob her, and rape her. I want to talk to you guys about bringing about change. During that attack, my grandmother, she said that she just started to pray because that was the type of woman that she was. Once my grandfather died, she actually married the Lord. She continuously went to church, and even after that attack, she forgave her attacker, something that I cannot, will not, and can ever do. My grandmother then decided that she was going to still try to finish her college degree, but was unable to do that. She then became infected with cancer, had to have one breast removed, and then eventually she died. And I promised my grandmother that on her dying bed, I would make sure that no other woman ever experienced the pain that she has experienced. Because I'm telling you, this lady was the nicest, kindest woman you ever want to talk to in your life. She prayed for everyone. When she got off the bus, riding the city bus, she would tell everyone, have a, you know, God bless you, have a wonderful day. When she got on the bus, she would say, good morning, everybody. God bless you. God loves you. And I do too. That was my grandmother. 
And so I promised her on her dying bed that I would make sure that no one ever experienced the pain that she felt. So I decided that I was going to do something about it. I didn't get angry. I didn't go looking for trouble. I decided I would bring change. And I decided that, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I make sure that every woman that I know can empower themselves to protect themselves. See, I want to talk to you about how to bring about change. So I decided that, you know what? I would make sure that every one of my siblings and every one of my family, when they went to college, that they would be able to carry a gun and protect themselves. And that's why I push for campus carry for the state of Texas. I'm going to tell you how to bring about change. I wanted to make sure that also, no matter what happened, if they were carrying a gun in the open or carrying a gun concealed, that they were going to be able to do that. So I pushed for that too in the state of Texas. I want to tell you, talk to you about how to bring about change. This is how it's done. I'm a very patient person. It takes years. It takes decades sometimes to make things happen. It takes just not being successful, failing. But if you continue to push and push hard, you can bring about change. And that's how you do it. We now have campus carry in the state of Texas. If my grandmother was alive today, she would be able to carry a gun. We now have open carry in Texas. And I feel proud when I walk into a bank with this face mask on, openly carrying my handgun, I think about my grandmother. Because I'm going to tell you, this is how you bring about change. I'm not going to, you know, I didn't get upset to try to destroy someone's business. I didn't get upset and try to hurt someone else's future or their goals or their dreams. I decided to, you know what? I decided to bring about change. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you do or say will not matter at this point because your skin color has already confessed to the crime. You have the right to attorney who will try as hard as to see that justice is served in a jury of our peers, aka our attorneys, who will have to amount match 12 to 1. If you cannot afford an attorney, won't be appointed to you free of charge because he's also on our payroll. Do you understand these rights as they have been read to you? Whoa, 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 whoa. I see you reaching for your 9mm wallet. I see you reaching for your 38 caliber inhaler. Don't move. Stop breathing. You're puffing up your chest. I feel threatened. Is that a weapon? Lay down, no. Face down, no. Face ground. Pow. Oops, I did it again. I'm a pop star. No, I'm a pop star. No, I'm a cop star. By the time I get back to the precinct, I'll be a rock star. Platform. I have more black names on trophies than BET award winners. Platform. They are going to honor me at the NYPD award dinner. Platform. They are going to throw me a parade. Platform. Because when I platform, they go to the grave. Black boys' tears fall on deaf white ears. Black mothers' tears keep graveyard grass green. Black men's bones are the gavel to which finalize false convictions. Wake up like boys. It's time to declare war. I wonder how Trayvon Martin's mother feels that her son has a household name, but not a household body. I wonder if Freddie Gray's family can still say grace over their food, even though their prayers cannot stop the thief that robbed him of his last breath. I wonder if Tamir Rice died playing cops for Rousey because he saw the former more innocent than the latter. I wonder. If black mothers are only closer to God because they're steady having to lay rest to their only begotten sons. I wonder if black people are only dark because we're closer to the sun. Well, how many years will it take for us to become bulletproof because we're closer to the guns? I'm tired of going to funerals where babies are buried in bigger boxes than they used to put their toys in. I'm tired of not being able to tell my friends, see you later. We're steady practicing our goodbye words to each other. I'm tired because I'm not able to tell my girlfriend, let's wait till we're married. I'm afraid that she'll see me in a box before she sees me in a tuxedo. I wonder if America when she wakes up and sees that black people ain't sleeping no more because the American dream is the African-American nightmare. I'm tired that laws are written as lullabies to black people and I'm forced to stay woke in this society. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired because I'm forced to stay woke in this society. And if I go back to sleep, I might stay asleep forever. I'm gonna tell you, we're gonna talk about how to bring about change. You know, I, I teach lights to carry handgun courses about three or four times a week. And I have 20 people in my classes three or four times a week. And I get some really, really interesting questions. And yesterday, I received a question in class that I had to stop, pause for a second, take a deep breath, and really think because I knew that the answer that I gave needed to be a very important answer. Because the way the class looked at me once the question was asked. And the question was, can I 
shoot a police officer that pulls me out of my house unlawfully. And I had to stop and pause, take a deep breath before I gave that answer. Because I knew that's, you know, that's, the, my next words are very important. And I had to explain to the class that in a situation, whenever something's happening, you're dealing with law enforcement, you're in their world. They're in control, and you are powerless at that moment in time. The time to fight it is not then. You have to comply. That's the only thing you can do is comply. The time to fight it is in court after the fact. You don't stand there and fight it on the side of the road right then because then if you do, you will die. Because when backup shows up, Backup is not going to see what happened before. They're only going to see what they saw when they arrived at the scene, and that is you attacking another police officer. So, no, I would strongly advise not doing that. Let your attorney do your fighting for you. You're in their world. You must comply. You have to get through that stop, no matter what it is, no matter how bad it is. Another question I got was, was that, well, you know, Michael, yeah. You know, there's a, a lot of things going on in the world, a lot, a lot of conflict right now, and there's a lot of killing that we see in Chicago, a lot of black-on-black crime. Why are people protesting because of the black-on-black crime that they see in Chicago? You know, what's the difference between Chicago and what happened with this shooting, or not the shooting, what happened with this incident in Minnesota? I said, well, here's the difference. In Chicago or anywhere else in this nation, in this country, if there is black on black crime or whenever someone kills someone, that person goes to jail. There's a trial and they're convicted and they spend the rest of their life in jail or they're put to death if they're in Texas. The difference is when it's a police officer, that's not how it always that's not how it happens, because officers, police officers are officers of the court. And the entire system is designed to protect the officers. So a lot of times the officers are not prosecuted. But what you can do is you can get them on a civil case. You can get an attorney and sue them civilly. They'll pay that out. Trust me. So that's the difference. They don't always get prosecuted. Better yet, they don't always get charged. And that's going to be your difference between black on black crime or other crime and when an a officer a police officer commits a crime they don't get charged or if they do get charged they don't get prosecuted and that's why people are angry that's why people feel powerless and that is why this is different and that is why people are angry i'm not making excuses but i'm saying i understand i'm not making excuses and i'm saying i would not destroy i will not destroy private property but I'm saying I understand the anger. I understand the frustration. People, you already told them that they can't take a knee. You said that they disgrace this country if they're taking a knee. If you take a knee during the national anthem, that is a disgrace. So if they can't take a knee, they cannot protest, what do you want them to do? And that's where we are today. I'm just trying to help you bring about change. Sometimes you have to step outside yourself or step outside your body and understand someone else's perspective. 
I wouldn't do some of those things, but I understand. Let's go to, man, Gary. What's up, Gary? What's happening, Michael? Feels good to be back in the studio. Yeah. Zach, what's going on, Zach? Hey, Michael, how you doing? Man, I'm, I'm doing sorry, good. I can't be with you today. I know. I almost brought myself to tears. <clears throat> <laughs> good, as you should be crying about that. Okay. This is a, it's a lot going on. There's a lot happening, Gary. What's going on, Gary? All right. So yesterday, as well as today, there have been a just an ongoing protest in Austin, Texas, uh, specifically outside of the APD headquarters and on the I-35 overpass, as well as at the Capitol and downtown and on 6th Street. And I I wasn't there on Friday. Were you there on Friday? Yes, I was. Okay, so so in the studio today, we got a, a fellow journalist friend of mine, Taylor Bl- Blount, Blount? Blount. Blount. Taylor Blount. And he's got some more info on what happened on Friday, but for now, we can talk about what happened yesterday. We were down there from noon to three, and essentially, uh, there were about two thousand people. If we're going to just sum this up ra- real quickly before we go to break, and then we can we can bring it back after, um, there were about two thousand people down there, and people from all you know, a diversity of people, you know, and it was. It was the centralized protest was outside of APD headquarters. There were riot police there. There were um, InfoWars showed up in a in one of, in that what do you call that thing? MRAP? The armored vehicle. Armored vehicle, and there was it, there was a it was not violent at first. Is that would you describe it that it, way? It's peaceful. No, at first? it was very peaceful at first. And um, there's this organization called the Red Guard. Um, I don't know exactly where they come from. Um, there's several members that live in uh, Austin, and I've su- seen them significantly escalate violence in the street. Um, I watched um, protesters shake hands with police this and, morning. And we come back from the break, yeah. I'm going to let you finish. This right, is yeah. Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Mark Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so Mike Romas' mother spoke earlier today, and we want to play a video from that press conference. Jeff Maley, why did you put Officer Taylor back on the street after he killed a man having a mental health crisis last summer? Chief Maley, why was Officer Taylor even on the street and allowed to gun down my unarmed husband on April 21st of 2020? Chief Maley, I am asking you today, why did Officer Taylor have a badge and that immoral Trump corrupt law enforcement license to kill my son on April 24th, 2020, when he is under criminal investigation for killing Marcus Da Silva last July? I need you all to be witness to my anger and confusion and tears because I'm not getting any answers from Chief Bailey. Why hasn't Officer Taylor been arrested? Why hasn't Officer Taylor been fired? Why hasn't Officer Taylor at least been suspended? Why is Officer Taylor still drawing a paycheck from us, the citizens of Austin? Why are we paying his salary when he murdered my son over a month ago and he murdered someone else's son 10 months ago? And, Mike, a quick update uh, with what's going on right now in the downtown area. In about the last hour, Interstate 35 was taken over again by protesters both directions of the main lanes. APD used tear gas to clear that out, and uh, officers are now again lining the uh, southbound edge of Interstate 35 to keep the protesters from getting back onto the main lanes. Just looking at a live shot right now on television, it appears that the uh, northbound lanes are moving through. Uh, it's light traffic, but it looks like all three lanes are getting through. Don't see any southbound traffic moving through at this time. At one point, police had uh, diversions on uh, northbound 35 at Riverside, diverting to the frontage road, and then the southbound lanes were being diverted at 15. Street. Uh, TxDOT has waived toll roads, uh, the tolls on parts of SH-130 and SH-45 to uh, give drivers an opportunity to get around the core of Austin. Of course, uh, as uh, Gary mentioned, uh, thousands of protesters in downtown Austin now in a third day started at the state capitol around noon this afternoon, marched to Austin City Hall, then marched back to the capitol and then back to APD headquarters right there at 8th and 35, and they are again congregating there right now. Continuing coverage online at talk1370.com. All right, thanks for that quick, beautiful synopsis, Casey. I'm not good at summarizing things like that real quickly. Um, that that lets me just hop right into this here. So when I got down the town, when I got downtown yesterday around 1 p.m., there were, like you just said, about 2,000 people there outside of the APD headquarters. And when I got there, things were relatively peaceful. There was chanting. At times, people were kneeling. And I didn't seem to see much... Um, I didn't seem to see much, you know, you know, infighting at this point, which it did come later. Uh, the, the crowd appeared to be homogenous at this time, you know, and like-minded, if you will. 
with the exception of one gentleman being accused of being an undercover cop, I I, I don't that's I hadn't substantiated that, but I did see a number of people surround someone and accuse them of being an undercover cop. Um, shortly after I got there, the protesters they had already been blocking off the 35 overpass, and mm-hmm. we we were getting some footage right in front of APD. We walked beneath the uh, the the overpass to the other side and got up to the to where the highway was and there were people starting to get a little bit physical with the police specifically there was a younger girl probably five feet tall with red hair and she was getting into it yelling and screaming and she ended up getting arrested later but that was occurring and then all of a sudden people started to throw water bottles and rocks at the police, mostly water bottles, though. I don't want to make it seem like there was a bunch of rocks getting thrown. It was mostly water bottles. And most of them, I think, were even empty. Um, but So the police were getting water bottles thrown at them. And at some point, there was an altercation with, uh, with this, this girl with the red hair and some other people. And they started macing people. And I was right there with the camera. And this is what you're seeing on the screen right now is exactly the location I'm talking about. Right there, the, the, the previous image on, on the 35 overpass. They started spraying mace, and they weren't directly spraying it at anyone. It was sort of indiscriminately being sprayed, sprayed. And with the wind, it got in my eyes and got in my mouth, and it hit a bunch of people around me, too. And, that, you know, they were dispersing the crowd. The crowd came down. Some people got arrested. I think two or three people we saw got arrested. And after that happened, the crowd started getting unruly. And, again, not, not violent, but unruly. And that was when they pulled out the 12-gauge shotguns with the, the rubber bullets at the time. Um, it was rock salt originally. Rock salt originally because uh, my my friend and fellow journalist here, Taylor, he actually got shot in the chest with rock yeah, salt. I originally Explain st- what happened there. I originally started, um, um, I showed up around 8. I stayed there until the protesters started trickling in originally. I walked with them on uh, I-35. I stood up to take a picture of, at this point, there was maybe seven police officers, uh, the paddy wagon. They were surrounding the paddy wagon, defending it because people were trying to tip it over. And the police officers were very afraid, and they were uh, surrounded. They just started indiscriminately spraying people with mace. No one started throwing anything until the police started doing that. And um, I stood up on one of the uh, medium barriers to take a picture, and um, I was immediately shot in the chest with rock salt, maybe about five feet away from a police officer. So not point blank, but pretty close. Yeah. Okay, so that's basically what happened to... uh... Another photojournalist friend of mine, he got shot in the leg with a with a with a, a beanbag gun, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a lot worse than the rock salt. His leg was actually split open. Yeah, her leg, but yeah. Um. Anyway, so that happened, and then uh, the I think from there, when at least from since the time I was there, it seemed to start, it seemed to start going downhill because after that happened, the police started shooting rubber bullets at everyone. I mean, they were shooting them at everyone. And at a number of times, it was borderline point blank. I mean, I'm talking almost from here, from, from you to me, Michael. I'm talking four or five feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, an old lady fell down the side of the highway, and people had to help her away. Uh, they were shooting rubber bullets at the, at the people on, the, on the, the knoll, you know, on the east side of 35. Uh, there, was a, there was a gentleman in a motorcycle, and he was revving his engine, oh, yeah. and he was trying to get around a bunch of people. And he they didn't try to get through. around him. He tried to go through them. No, I, I saw what originally happened. He was trying to go around these, these people because the, 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 the major, uh, where everybody was congregated, the, the more dense portion of the crowd was about two blocks up, right? So, or not, I mean, not two blocks up, like 20 feet up. And he was originally just going around a couple of people, and he was, but he was revving his engine real loud. 
And then when he got to the more densely populated part of the protest, then he started, he ran, he was essentially trying to run somebody over Mm -hmm. and everybody grabbed him off the bike. Maybe 10, 12 people started beating on him. And then the police showed up and they started beating on both the people. I mean, the police were just beating everybody. And then, uh, that that was, I think, something that sort of uh, uh, set it off. Yeah, antagonized it. Um, there's a lot of antagonism there. I saw. Well, that's and that's something um, that I, that I wanted to talk to you about because I think this is the the crux of the situation here. Um, but I also want to I want to point out also that later on I I left. I went you went to work and I left to go uh, you know get get a couple beers, eat some food. When I showed back up later at night, the protest was much more aggressive, much more aggressive, and there were. By the time I showed up, there was a car, there was a vehicle on fire, an SUV on fire underneath the bridge. There were, um, th- there, uh, uh, a homeless gentleman was his mattress, and this is the video right here. Uh, his mattress was his box, fr- box frame, <clears throat> excuse me, his mattress frame was caught on fire, and he, he came out and he said, What's wrong with you guys? Why are you doing this? This is where I live. You're burning my stuff. And then a man in all black, a white man wearing all black clothing, threw his mattress into the fire, and he dragged it out and tried to, you know, he, he was sort of putting the fire out, and it was still kind of simmering. And this other gentleman, unrelated, showed up, punched him right in the face. I mean, cold clocked him. And then actually about five minutes after that, another guy came up all black, punched a homeless man on the other side of the face. And so, so these, these now here's, this is what I want, why I want to talk about this. There's cars being set on fire. There's mattresses being set on fire. There's homeless people being attacked. Homeless people's stuff is being burned. There was a car a car crash in the middle of, of 7th Street on a one-way. Two cars drove straight into each other. And at that point, the protesters actually kind of came together and helped. I mean, mm-hmm. I even helped push the, the yeah, vehicles, the people, separate the vehicles the pickup, yeah. and push them off the roadway so they weren't, they weren't in any danger. And while that was happening, someone threw a mortar, you know, a mortar festival ball firework, whatever you want to call it. Someone threw a mortar and set it off about five feet, six feet in front of me. This is it right here. And, I mean, it was, it was crazy. This is what I, want, what I want to talk about. There were, and then later on, there was looting on 6th Street. You of saw course, it I was there. I was, uh, I'm a doorman at one of the bars there. Um, so I, I, I set this all up because mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about who was starting the violence, who was instigating it, and who was the aggravated aggressors. I have a lot to say about that. Um, originally, um, I've even seen it today um, in the morning. Um, people start out peacefully, usually. Um, even in the morning today, I saw um, protesters with uh, Black Lives Matter uh, officially with them shaking hands with the police saying, we're not against you, we're just against what you stand for. Not as people, we're not against you, just against what you stand for. And uh, out of nowhere, the same lady I have seen several at several protests in the city shows up with a megaphone trying to incite violence, repeating chants against the police. And, uh, re- and afterwards follows her with several people dressed in black who then start fighting people and destroying things. I don't know where who these people are. What organization they're part of, but it uh, it it kind of frightens me that they're doing this. Um, we we started out peacefully, and then it gets very violent. It happened yesterday. It happened today, and um, I really don't want it to happen again. But it will happen again, and people need to be aware that these people are out here and doing this. When you're saying that it happened yesterday, you're saying that the people that were throwing stuff at the police yes. and saying to telling the crowd to fight the police were where they were all in all black. Um, 
the people who originally started throwing stuff, yes. Um, but I think a little bit of it was the police got surrounded with with their paddy wagon on uh, I thirty five, and people started throwing stuff at them. They started macing people. But they were but, they were um, also shooting rubber bullets at the crowd yeah. from from the overpass. But um, there was a woman, the same woman that I just mentioned, was there with a megaphone telling people to move up and crowd up on the police. So um, they had their backs up against their vehicles, and the people were did pushing them. Did she have? Them. Did you? You don't know what organization she was with? No, I do not. Um, at maybe the Red Guard, but I'm unsure. Okay, so th- there have been uh, speculation that some of these people, uh, like the Umbrella Man in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. there's been speculation that these are undercover police officers, and they are instigating the violence. There's been speculation that they're with Antifa or, or Red Guard or a, yeah. some sort of black block anarchist group. Mm-hmm. There's also been people saying that they're lone wolves. Uh, the reason I said Red Guard is because on May Day, during the protest at Republica Park, I was there as well taking photographs. She was the same person leading the protest that day that also... She was leading violent. the Red Guard yes, protest? Yes, she was leading the ones holding the communist flags. Were, um, they, the, were the, they the people that accused me of working for InfoWars? Yes, she was part of that group. She was, <clears throat> she was there. She was one of the people talking to you. Okay. So, right, so when we come back from the break, we'll finish that. We're talking about all the things that's going on here in Austin and Texas, around the country. It's happening in Florida, D.C. It's happening in California. It's happening in Philadelphia, New York City. It's happening in every major city in this country. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. This is Coley on the War, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so a lot of people ask, you know, why is this happening? What's going on? Well, you know, it's happening because people are upset. They're angry, and they don't know how to express that anger because they feel they're powerless. And no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, they feel that, you know, law enforcement is not going to be prosecuted or charged. And so they have nothing else to do except, you know, just protest. Gary? All right, so, hey, I want to, uh, I want to make sure that I, I apologize right now if I'm not my normal exuberant self. Because I got pepper sprayed, maced, shot at, and things were exploding next to me yesterday. So I'm just a little worn out, you know. And Donald Rutledge says, you know what? Suck it up, Gary. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Donnie. <laughs> he said, suck it All up. All right, so Taylor, I want you to tell me, tell everybody about what you saw downtown on 6th Street because I left before the looting occurred. So that's all you. Yeah, tell us okay. what you saw. So um, I was a, I'm a doorman at one of the bars down there. I'm not going to say which one. But um, it was very chill. There was people just drinking, have partying on 6th like normally. Um, they didn't shut down the streets, which was weird to me, but I understood later why. 
Um, it was about 11 um, p.m. And uh, I was just talking to some patrons outside, and I looked to my uh, my right, right down to where I seven uh, I thirty five is, and uh, there are hordes of people running towards us. We um, we grabbed everyone outside who had been in our bar, and anyone who was injured or wanted to come inside, we pulled inside, locked the doors, um, and we watched them loot and destroy the building across the street from us. Called Private Stock, I believe. Private Stock, and they did Lone Star souvenirs as well. It's two of them. They're both right next to each other, so it was uh um it was terrifying. Um we stood there with baseball bats in front of uh in front of the, the grass. We were expecting them to break it. Our patrons, we had several crying people. A pregnant woman specifically was uh freaking out in our back, and um we ended up having to lead the patrons out the back door, um, guarding them with a uh, a pistol and a, a baseball bat. And we went back outside, boarded up our things, and we had a, a member of Black Lives Matter actually show up, and um, he had a gun with him, and he told him, hey, I'm here to protect your property. We're not part of this protest. We are part to make sure that people do not destroy and de- delegitimize what we're trying to do out here. And I felt that was great. It was great solidarity for our community. That seems to be a reoccurring theme yeah. with these protests. The, the BLM people who, in my opinion— have gotten kind of smeared in the media. Mm-hmm. I did not. I I was prior to this. I thought that they were involved with a lot of the the, the riots in the past. No, they're not, and they're not. No. And there's been a lot. There have been a lot of videos on it's Twitter. Antifa. It's mm-hmm. I, it's Antifa. <clears throat> unfortunately, since I am you know an incredibly ethical journalist, I can't accuse it of accuse Antifa of being the ones doing this because they don't have an actual organization. It's Antifa. That's <laughs> right. who's doing it. I'm but, telling you straight up. It's that it's Antifa. That's who's doing it. Okay, well, it's people that are wearing all black. And I I did see someone who uh was started uh sort of throwing rocks uh or they were ro- they were throwing something at the police. But they did, uh, immediately after they did that, they slapped up an Antifa sticker on a, on a light post. Yeah, I heard you guys got a picture of that, too. I would love to yeah, see Yeah, I've got a bunch of footage that I'm going to be uploading soon. Um, you know, anyways, so so he was there protecting the business, the BLM guy. Uh-huh. Um, um, he protected us while um, I, I was holding the door at the back to let people in after they uh, boarded it up. After that, I also live on 6th Street as well, and I was walked back home by the people who had been guarding it to make sure I wasn't attacked on the street. And um, about 15 minutes after I got back, this was about 12, 15, 30 maybe that I got back home, that um, maybe 500 riot cops walked down our street, started throwing people. 500? It was, I've never seen more police in my life. Never in my life in front of my, just where I live. 500? Yeah, it was, it was, it was more than I'd ever seen. Um, So what else happened? um, They locked us inside of our apartment. They wouldn't let us out. Um, eventually I was able to get down and, uh, come out and I talked to several of them. There was people from Black Lives Matter still out there handing water to the police officers, telling them that we are not part of the looters. Really? Yes. Yeah. They don't want to be part of, they don't want, want this. They want, they want their movement pushed. They want, they want reform in a good way. They don't want violence. Nobody wants violence. Except Antifa. Yeah. I agree with that. We don't know who's leading them. Like I talked a little bit about that lady earlier. We don't know. I don't think it's okay to incite violence. We need to speak for peace. If we want change, we need to do it peacefully. Hmm. Did you see anybody getting hurt down there? Um, yes, I saw several fights break out. I did not see anybody shot. I did have to use my bat on a couple of girls trying to come in through the back who were holding stolen goods. What? Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Um. When you were, when you were, you were beating you were beating girls. You were beating. You're a woman beater. I I guess apparently, <laughs> but um, they they tried to come in through a back door. They're kicking and trying to kick in the back uh, door of the bar, and I was like, who the heck is this? I open it up, and these two girls just holding a. Things like, we want to get in. Can you let us in? And I'm like, I, you're holding stolen goods right now. I can't let you in. She grabbed me, and I had to hit her um, with the thing, and they left. Because we got to protect our patrons. We got to protect our bar. It was... What were they wearing? Close. Mm. <clears throat> All right. And then what else happened? Um. Well, we put our patrons in. We had several crying people, and it was, it was pretty terrifying. We had to move them outside after that. I have another thing I just remembered. Okay. At the Capitol, you said that you saw some cops getting beat up. Yes, when that was uh, earlier in the day. Yeah, that was very early in the day when oh was the original DPS troopers or Austin um, police officers. The people who work at the Capitol. I, I don't know the specific so troopers. Yeah. Okay. Um, we walked up there, and members of Antifa were ripping down um that uh, beautiful water fountain they have in front of uh the thing. They destroyed that, and um. Um, I saw one um, police officer. He was by himself, um, a trooper. Um, people grabbed the bag from him. I think he had a gun in there as well. And they grabbed the backpack from him, and several people started beating him, threw him on the ground. Um, other troopers eventually came, picked him up. It was it was very disturbing to watch. And um, it, I just I don't know. Now, why how people... do you know this is Antifa again? I don't know if they were Antifa. I know they were all wearing all black, the people who did this. And we have photographs that I've published were they myself. White? Yes, they were all all the white people doing I'm t- this. I'm telling you, that, all, that's, I don't that, I don't think I saw anyone who wasn't white inciting violence. That is the only person I saw that wasn't white who uh, did anything that was considered violent or destructive was uh, the person who originally caught the mattress frame, the bed frame on fire, was uh, a black lady, like in plain clothes. But the person who threw hit the the homeless gentleman's actual mattress on there, white dude. Wearing all black. Yeah, I don't know if this and has I've been... S- yeah. Again, I've seen similar yeah. videos all across Twitter. What are you saying? I don't, uh, what am I seeing? What are you saying? What, what are am saying? I saying? Yeah, what, what are you, are you saying? I'm, I'm saying that the, that there's uh, people, white people wearing all black clothing that are in, in instigating violence at these BLM protests. And it's almost as if they're trying to incite black people to get violent. Hmm. That's what it appears like to me. Now, I don't know if this is actually Antifa or if it's undercover cops or if it's a different black bloc anarchist group, or if it's some sort of other covert government thing. I don't know, man. It just, the whole thing is weird to me because these people are clearly operating with a, with a you know, an agenda. They have a goal. They have a mission. They're, they're moving in, in between and in and out of things. Like, for example, when, when they were blocking traffic right before that, that guy on Very the motorcycle, uh, a guy wearing all black threw a scooter in the, in the middle of the road, in the middle of the 35 frontage road, and... He was obviously trying to block traffic, mm-hmm. and uh, a younger girl. She, she could have been white. She could have been Hispanic. I couldn't. I can't really. I couldn't really tell. But she went and she was like, "What? What are you doing?" And went and dragged the scooter back out of the out of the road, and then the, the, that guy went back and threw it back in there. Wow. It's just. It seems like this. The, this group is fractured. It's balkanized. But the fringe elements are the ones that are inciting violence. And it's. This is not a homogenous group. It appears. These people do not have. You know the same interests. One one part of this group seems to have a violent, destructive interest, and one part of this group seems to have sort of a what do you want to call it a an activist interest. If it, you if it you will, it seems like they're very tactical about it, and it's like they planned maybe months in advance for this, and um, it, it's just like they knew this was going to happen, so they take advantage of it after planning this, and it seemed kind of like just tactical. Very, they were 
it was the majority of the people wearing the uh, and like that lady I talked about earlier. She was telling people where to go. We were all originally walking to City Hall, and this is and not... she turned the protest around to go to Capitol Hall, which ended up where all the the, the fighting started, which was was at the Capitol yesterday. And then it just kind of spread out from there. And this is not the the Austin Justice Coalition. They actually canceled their protest today. Yeah, I heard but about it, but that. But it's still mm-hmm. going on. Um, so who's who's in charge of that? Um, a couple yeah. people who who they said uh, was canceled. They ended up did they did show up and they did nothing but speak for peace. I saw them shake the hands of police officers, saying, "We are not for um, the violence. We are not a. We are. I mean, we are not." Like against you as police, uh, as people, we're against what you guys stand for. It's not us versus them; it's just us, my friend. And it's being hijacked by this fringe element. And they're they're not only going after the police; they're also throwing fireworks at the other protesters themselves. Mm-hmm. Zach, what's your take on all this, Zach? Hey. What's your take on all this? You got thirty seconds. I don't know. It's getting pretty wild. Uh, there was a guy out in Utah that whipped out a compound bow yeah, in the I middle of that. traffic with the protesters. What an idiot! Yeah, he I got mean, he got a, he got a beat class. down. Yeah, just you know, let the people protest. Don't go too crazy. Maybe they won't. Hey, it's hard to say. You know, it's a wild card. Wild card. All right. Well, everyone, mm-hmm. be safe out there. Be safe. Protect your property. Do what you need to do. I'm going to protect mine and mine and, and my loved ones. Um, but I'm I I I urge you to love each other, love yourself, love your family. And we'll get through this. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.